basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! Hello and welcome to the Insight Podcast Network. This is the NBA edition and today we are going to be previewing the San Antonio Spurs. I'm the NBA Matrix, uh, and today I'm here with my good friend, uh, Matty Alley. How are you, mate? Tell us a little bit about your, um, I suppose, your fantasy journey and and what what brought you on with us. Yeah, well, I don't really know if it was you who dragged me in or it was uh, all the other way around. I can't really remember, but we ended up in the same league together, and we've kind of been um, joint uh, joint GMs, and we've been kind of driving the uh, driving the ship together, and, yeah, it's been a good journey. 10 years, I think we've been at it now, hey? Yeah, so we've been in an ESPN category league uh, for 10 years. Uh, we met at university together. And, um, yeah, I suppose over the years, you and I have sort of tweaked our comp to to what we thought. We've had, yeah. you know, at the start it had double-doubles in, but then it gave a little bit of priority to, to, you know, those big rebounders. So we saw a shift that way and we've changed it every year. <clears throat> and I think that yeah. we've... We've run a fantastic league together. Yeah, mate, we're evolved. We've had people who've been with us for the 10 years. We've had like hanger honorers or we've had, uh, you know, people come for a year and figure it's not really for them. But yeah, yeah no, it's been yeah, good. And I- and I think now that's sort of going to be incorporated into the Insight Fantasy Sports. We're going to have our own own competitions. I'm excited to get you on as the guy that I call to uh, to chat about um, NBA fantasy on the way to work most days, and um, yeah, and have some notes. Yep. I'm pretty excited to talk about the Spurs today. Uh, for one reason, there's um, I've started doing mock drafts. They've opened Surely in the last the week. And- <laughs> No, yeah. no. With the um, yeah, with these mock drafts, there's some guys that have been sliding in the mock drafts, and I think casuals are not really going to catch on to the Spurs outside of one big name. Yeah, and let's be honest: if he wasn't there, would any be anyone besides probably myself and seven other people be watching the Spurs? You know, like there is a <laughs> lot of hidden talent on here. I reckon there's a a couple of little golden nuggets hidden around uh, Wembenyama, but yeah, you're right. If if Wemby wasn't in the picture, I think no one would be really talking about the Spurs this year. Yeah, 100%. And before I delve in too much, I've just got to give a shout out to my guys at the Standard Squeeze. They've been supporting us every single episode, helping you drink responsibly. Um, they've got their little, little uh, reservoirs in there that helps you pour the perfect nip. And they also have their four-in-ones for you to keep your beers cold and your coffee hot. So we're here All to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I do love coffee and I do love beer. Um, it's a bit yeah. apt that when we have a look at the Spurs season preview that Wemby's there front and center. He's just a huge unit and it's really it just going to change boy. the it's going to change the outlook of the Spurs, don't you think? Yeah, yep, this is the future. This is the man who's going to take him to the promised land, so 
Yeah. I'm not I'm sure they've got the, I'm not sure they've got the talent around them yet to make massive noise, but they do have some pieces that I will be targeting in some drafts. I yeah. think as as with all of these, um we're going to pop into the ins and outs and um run through what the Spurs have done in the offseason, mate. Well, even though he said he doesn't want to be here, Cameron Payne's uh, come across to the Spurs. Um, I'm just looking now at some of the ages of the guys who are on this Spurs team. And at 29 years of age, Cameron Payne is like a team elder. You know, he nearly is a veteran presence. you got Reggie Bullock, who's a couple of years older than him. Um, you know, like there's just not a lot of uh, age in this team. They're, they're a really young team. I think that last year they were the second youngest team in the league and it doesn't look like they're going to be moving much off that position. So... We've got him coming in. Um, we've got um, Chetty Osman coming in as well. Um, Reggie Bullock. So obviously two guys who know how to let a three ball go. Ken Birch. I don't know what kind of role he's going to have, but he's there as well. Um, a couple of rookies um, in Sergibari Rice, um, CD Sissoko, and obviously Victor Webanyama. And then heading out the other side is Isaiah Roby. I really like the guy. I feel like um, obviously he didn't have much of a a tenure with the uh, the Spurs, but um, so he's off to hopefully greener pastures for himself. Um, Kate Bates D off, off as well. Uh, Elise Johnson, Stanley Johnson, and um, Gregory Dang, one of your old mates, mate. Yeah, no, I do love, I do love Yang, and look, I suppose, and we're going to delve into it a bit further later. I do sort of see some blokes like Campaign, uh, Reggie, Chetty. And Ken Birch, he's had some big moments for the uh, Canadian national team. And I do sort of see them getting a role or at least the opportunity to work themselves into a role. I don't really see too many massive updates, you know. Like you look at Chetty Osman, you look at Reggie Bullock, they're basically, you know, Elise Johnson and and Kata Beats Diop and, you know, Stanley Johnson maybe just, I suppose, a little bit cheaper. I don't know why they felt like they needed to make a change there. But, yeah. Yeah. But let's have a let's have a bit of a look at how the Spurs lined up. I suppose last year with some of the guys that they've got kept uh, that they've kept, and let's have a look to see. I suppose our opinions as to whether we think that they're going to get a bump, whether we think that they're going to you know regress in their position, and I suppose with all these, we're going to start at the um, we're going to start at the point guard spot, point. and yeah. Mate. yeah. Trey Jones is somebody that I've been targeting in drafts. Uh, he was the 112th best player last year with an ADP of 106. I feel like people have kind of forgot about him. In a couple of the drafts that I did, I saw him slide a little bit. Uh, maybe just to his um, his younger brother. Seem, uh, his older brother seems to be, I suppose, a really big target in those sort of 80s, 90s positions. But Trey was still there in the 120th spot. And I think with his usage, that's a lot of value there. What do you think? Yeah, he's obviously, I know he's your second favorite Jones brother, but um, yeah, you look at his numbers and he's and he's going to fit a certain build, isn't he? He doesn't take any threes, so he doesn't make any threes. His field goal percentage is reasonable. Like he, he doesn't get to the line a lot, but at least when he gets there, he's hitting him at 86%. So that's, again, pretty reasonable. 6.6 um, assists. When I know that you and I both, when we've been playing around in these mock drafts, and this isn't a new thing, this happens every year, those um, assists go off the board so quickly. 
you know, someone that you can get potentially outside the top 100 is still getting you nearly nearly seven assists. That's pretty valuable. Like 1.3 steals, that could probably go up this year. I mean, he's obviously, they've kept a point guard, you know, what you would call a true point guard in there for a reason. So, um, you know, I think... I think it was a good choice for them to keep him in there. And, um, yeah, obviously he's going to have campaign to back him up to possibly maybe Malachi Branham. Yeah, and I'm really high on him. Like, he is only 23. I know he's that smaller build of point guard, especially for the NBA. But when you're sitting there at 100 to 120 and you can get nearly seven assists per game, maybe with the team being a little bit better, which we expect the team to get a little bit better, getting the best player from the draft this year, you know, maybe his assists can go up. It's pretty hard to find a guy that averaged seven assists and, you know, that 1.5 steals. He's not a fantastic shooter, um, doesn't mess with your free throw percentage, but you sort of get what you get. Like, what do you get in that sort of range? You get guys like, you know, your Mike Conley's or your, you know, if we're talking about aging guys like Kyle Lowry's or Dennis Schroeder, I'd much rather take a yeah. punt on Trey Jones. Yeah, my oath. And, and you look in the difference between his his ADP and his end of year, end of season ranking of 106 for his ADP and 112 for his fantasy, um, his end of, end of year fantasy rank. Obviously, with that smaller margin, the people who took him have confidence to probably take him again. He gave you what, it was promised, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I I chased him down last year in one of our competitions trying to um, wrangle him off one of our competitors and he wouldn't let him go. He was steadfast on keeping him. But, yeah, he'll be a guy who I look for again, especially, I mean, again, in the right punt. If you're picking up, if you, you're getting yourself into a position where you're doing punt um, threes and you need that point guard but you still want to hold on to the assist, name a better guy. Yeah, and in points leagues, he doesn't ever become relevant, does he? Only scoring 12.9 points per game. Would you reach into the top 100 for Trey? Only because we know how important it is to get guys who um, do as advertised. You know, I think at around that 100 mark or, you know, a little higher, a little lower, if you can pick him up around there, you're going to be pretty happy with what you get. Um, Yeah, I, I certainly would. So Devin Vassell, I know in, in our chats and being in, you know, multiple leagues with you, that you're really high on him mm. last year. Um, he was drafted in around that 86, and he was a bit of a small disappointment, not because of opportunity. Um, you know, played those 31 minutes per game, uh, got that 24% usage, which is huge for a shooting guard. Yeah. Um, where do you sort of have that Devin Vassell ranked this year? Do you think he's a top 100 player this year? I kind of obviously we're talking about two very different players, but I kind of I kind of see him in that um, Cade Cunningham light where I don't really think we got to see the potential that this guy has. Um, I I love everyone in this list because I'm a big Spurs fan, so obviously I'm going to have some biases, but I just don't think we saw out of him uh, what we we obviously didn't see what we hoped to see out of him. But I, I think I'm definitely giving him another chance this year, um, like. Especially, and we're going to talk about it soon. If if Keldon moves to the bench, um, that's just more more shots for Vassell. Like Jones isn't going to take him. We know Sohan isn't going to. Um, yeah, like yeah, he's another guy that I'm going to be certainly keeping my eye on. 
I would like to play devil's advocate. I won't be. Um, he hasn't yeah. really been efficient in his 18 points. And we're going to have a chat about Keldon Johnson a little bit later. I'm going to skim over <laughs> him. But Keldon Johnson's somebody that I see that can deliver tremendous value in what I've seen in, in the mocks that I've done over the past week or so. And I know I keep referencing that, but that's what we really have to go by. Um, and I yeah. think if you're doing mocks at this time of the year, you are serious about basketball. Like you're thinking about basketball. Like we're about to head into NFL season. FPL started started last week. And I think you're serious about basketball if you're doing mock drafts now. And he's sort of been t- – Devin Vassell has sort of been taking off the board in and around that 70 where I don't see any value there. 100%. If I saw him sitting there at 100 at his fantasy rank last year, being as young as he is, um, going to come into a little bit better team – I'd be really excited to add him to my team. But in and around 70, I'm going to go with some people that I just think will far exceed that 70 range. Yeah, and, you know, as big as I am on him, I'm not going to take him at 70. Yep. But, I mean, yep. I, I guess it's why you do these mock drafts for, isn't it? So you get a bit of a feel for how, how long you can leave these guys. He isn't the kind of guy that you're going to chase down. Like, he's not, he's not the guy where you go, this is my guy, I need him, so... I'm going to take him at 60 just so I can say that I've got him. That's not Keldon. Oh, sorry. That's not Vassell. <laughs> yeah. Keldon and Vassell, it's hard because they do play such similar roles for the same team uh, to distinguish the two. I'm going to gloss over a couple because I know that we're going to have a small segment towards the end. I know I'm really excited to talk about Keldon and Jeremy Sohan and so are you. Um, but Zach Collins, uh, Pops come out and said that, you know, he expects at the start of the year, Wemby's going to play that four role. Zach Collins going to play the five role. Last year, he only played, oh, it was a bit of an injury hampered year. He was really good off the waivers um, for me. Um, and he's a guy that I sort of watched when um, when other blokes were out. But played 23 minutes a night, got 11 points, six rebounds, a, a few out of position steals too. Um, where do you see Zach Collins' role going this year, Mally? Um, well, if he's the starting center, um, I guess he pretty much takes off where he took off from, um, last season. Um, he's not a big blocks guy, as you can see there. What is he getting? Uh, 0.8 of a block a game. Fuck all. Um, so yeah, yeah. He's not going to be affected by Wemby like, uh, in that regard. I'm um, just, just while I'm thinking of it, cause I'll, I'll lose it if I don't talk about it. When we're looking at, and we're listening out for, um, whatever little tidbits we can get from from the NBA at the moment. And and the reason why we have, and we'll go to it in a moment, the reason why we have this lineup um, where hopefully Wemby and, and Collins are going to share the court together, that is based on, like you said, we've, we've heard Pop come out and Pop said, um, we're going to keep Collins at the five. And then Wemby comes out and says, says that he has no interest at playing in the fi- uh, at the five in this point in his career. And then on top of that, we have Keldon come out uh, in, in one of his media releases and say, I'm, I'm happy to play off the bench. I'm your sixth man. So that's probably leading us to um, the lineup, the, the five that we've created, which we'll look at in the next slide. But I thought I'd get that out there and, you know, we're not just clutching at, at straws. We're getting this information, pulling it in from different um, directions to come up with this this idea. And, and you can't get straighter from the horse's mouth than from, I suppose, Pop himself. Um, I probably consider yeah. him 
maybe outside of Phil Jackson, the greatest coach of all time. And if he wants to start Collins, he will. It's not the way that I would go, uh, which is why I'm going to tread with a bit of caution. I think some people will take Zach Collins uh, a bit earlier than I would hope to get him. Um, We've got a couple other names down here, and we might just gloss over them a little bit. We've got Malachi Branham, uh, which I think... You know, he did get some minutes last year, but I think campaign is probably better than Malachi Branham. Um, So I'm not sure where I see his role going forward. I'm not seeing him uh, in a 12-team relevance. Um, Julian Champagne, would you like to correct me there? Yep. Julian Champagne, yep. Yeah, Yeah. and we saw Charles Bassey play a little bit for... um, for Philly in his earlier time, I think they were just short on troops last year. And I think some of these guys that they bring in are going to be the guys that are going to get those bench minutes. Don't you agree? Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, we're, we're talking fantasy basketball here. They're not really relevant to the conversation, no matter how deep you're going. These aren't guys, those last three names there that you're going to roll the dice on and pick up with your last um, your last draft pick going, well, they might give me something later on. But you never know. As the year unfolds, they're ones that you might just keep an eye on and keep a, keep an ear out for because they may pick up minutes down the track. We don't know how uh, San Antonio's season is going to kind of play out. Um, so it's good to have the name in the back of your mind. It's good to know who's there. But I agree for the, for the fantasy-minded person, these names are irrelevant for now. <laughs> And perhaps if you see, like I've got Malachi Branham in a um, in a keeper league, in a uh, in a dynasty league, and I suppose if I start to see an injury to a to a Trey Jones or a campaign, I might I might start to look at him or maybe maybe take a punt um, and pick him up off va- waivers. And the same with Charles Bassey. Maybe if I see Zach Collins go down. Um, you know, Wemby being injured, uh, Ken Birch being injured. Uh, I probably expect Ken Birch to play a few more minutes than Charles Bassey, oh, which I could be proven wrong. Um, if I start to see yeah, I, to those blokes. Yeah, you I disagree. You're not a big I think fan Bassey of will... No, it's not that. I just think that Charles Bassey's <laughs> going to get the minutes. You know, this is a young team. Why, why are playing Ken for? They're not going to win, you know. I just think that there's no point. In... I mean, he's not terribly old himself, but I think Bassey's the choice and – um, Pop obviously has a little bit of faith in him and, and Malachi. You know, he, he ran him out last season, so he might run him back again this year where he can. But I, I agree. I think when you look at Malachi, at least, you know, he can obviously play both guard positions. He's probably going to come out and be the 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 third string point guard. I think I looked at the depth chart depth, depth charts and they had him at about that. They had Cameron Payne before him and then him kind of filling in behind. But you know, an injury to Trey Jones or something, and everyone rolls up a uh, up a position, yeah, possibly get some minutes, and he becomes fantasy relevant. But for right now, no. no. Let's talk about the big guys. Let's talk about the starting five and how that sort of meshes. And I have noticed that you have Jeremy Sohan at the three. I'm a massive fan of Jeremy Sohan. I really liked what I saw in um. In his minutes last year, I think that he's a guy that could be, you know, somebody that's taken with your last pick. And I have seen him go with your last with the last pick in drafts. Um, but I honestly think the future is maybe him at the four and Wemby at the five and playing. I know it's hard to call it small ball when yeah. Wembenyama is so big, but he's just that slim. 
a bigger than Kevin Durant sort of build. I don't know. Wembenyama is something that I haven't seen before in the NBA. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone has, you know, 7'3". Um, you know, he's just a big boy and he's got a, a massive uh, wingspan, you know. I see the Spurs, though, on on their side have listed him as a forward, not a forward centre as well. So they obviously see him for the time being in, in the four spot, you know. They they count him as a power forward for the time being. But, yeah, back to Jeremy Sohan. Um, I'm excited about him too. I think he that's the kind of gamble you take with one of your last picks. Um, you know, he, 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 again, a little bit like Trey Jones is advertised. He's, he needs to work on his, on his three um, ball. Like that's obviously pretty shocking at uh, basically half a game. Um, the, the free throws aren't amazing, but I think there's a role for him on this team, especially if they slot him in this starting unit to get some defensive stats, you know, like if you're going with that defensive build and you're, and you're trying to find steals and blocks, I mean, steals are such a volatile category. You don't really know what's going to happen year, year to year with that, but he might be a man for that. Um, and that, you know, at an ADP of 182 last year and an ending rank of 230 in the position he was in last year, no one else is going to be thinking about him. You know, he's going to be sitting there. I know you and I are both tempted by him as a prospect, especially if he gets in the starting unit. So, um, yeah, and, I like it. And him. I'm not saying burn a 10th round pick. I'm saying burn no. the last pick in the draft. Like if you go 164 deep, get him in your team, see what happens. If it doesn't work out, then you can drop him to the bench, keep a little bit of an eye on him. I honestly think if we watch the Spurs first game of the season, we'll know we'll know a little bit more. Yeah, and and we know he can handle the ball too. Like Pop gave him that opportunity last year, so he's all right um with the pill, like he can he can facilitate a little bit too. So that's exciting in a team where I don't think anybody thinks that Trey Jones is the future of, of this team. I don't think he's going on with these guys. So, um, yeah, and, I mean, he's just a cool dude. He's got cool hair. <laughs> and uh, did it's... you see that he's uh, he's styling up Wemby now too? So, yeah, they both got cool hair now. So, Mate, with these young yeah, teams, like, I think it's just super important that they do stick together and that they are they do create that identity together. And it just seems... And I suppose that it's just something that I see from Twitter, watching some, you know, pregame warm-ups in the summer league and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he's he's a guy that excites me. They're going to have fun this year. And, you know, like as much as it's hard to crack a smile out of pop at the best of times, I think he's having fun too. Like he doesn't need the money. He's made a legacy for himself. Like, you know, he's a Hall of Famer now. He's there to have a good time with the young team. And, um, yeah, I, I think they'll just be an enjoyable watch. Yeah, and everybody seems to pick, and especially, like, I hope that you're, you're listening to these podcasts trying to get a little bit out of it because, you know, if you don't have League Pass and you're just watching what comes up, we're in Australia, so KO, but we talk, you know, Fox or ESPN overseas and you just watch the games that pop on. Like you not, you might see Stan Antonio Spurs games this year, but you're not going to see them by the time the draft comes on. You know those guys are looking at Lakers and and uh, you know your sons are going to play a lot of big games on there. You know Philly always seems to play a lot of big games. I think where you're going to be able to get that advantage in your drafts is watching some teams like like the Spurs, uh, like the Hornets, uh, like the Timberwolves. Um, yeah, and just seeing what you can pick up from. 
you might be the first person in your draft to pick up somebody like Jeremy Sohan off the waivers if he comes out and starts playing 32 minutes in the first night and you're going to get a really good head start on your comp. Yeah, and, you know, we play together in competitions and there's some competitions that are, are pretty hardcore and we with boys who, you know, spend every waking minute looking at the stats and, and watching the teams and they are watching bits and pieces of Spurs games. But we're in other leagues too where... No one's going to know who Jeremy Sohan is. You know, he's not a household name. Wemby's obviously um, a big enough name at the moment that he's going to get picked up earlier than probably what he should be. Um, especially, you know, there's no guarantee, obviously, with how many minutes he's going to play and how many games he's going to play this season too. So I think people need to uh, temper their expectations a little bit maybe um, with that as well. I think You know, maybe team that- that's right. Too much hype. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's crazy when you see him going in the late 20s, mid-30s. Like, Wemby is the sort of guy that I would like to take a pun on, but I'll never own him. I won't own him this year. No. No, no, me neither. As you said, and I know you say this a lot on the podcast, that someone else is going to want him more, you know. Um, There's just going to be someone out there, if you're playing in a a 12-man league, a 20-man league, someone else is going to get him before you. So, yeah, they can have him. 100%. 100%. Let's lead into my man, Keldon, because he is not a guy. I added this slide before I did this podcast, and I was not excited about Keldon. They've said that he's coming off the bench, but I've been doing a heap of mock drafts in my spare time, and Keldon has gone 136 and in the last round in two of them. Um, this is a guy that just come off scoring 22 points per game, two threes, um, still got five rebounds. His percentages aren't bad. Um, he could run this bench unit. Honestly, man, yeah. like, there could be some tremendous value laid in drafts for Keldon Johnson because last year he was taken, um, and I'm just going to reference back, uh, last year he was taken in and around that 74 because he is a really good talent. People have been burnt by that, and then people aren't looking at Keldon. Man, um, I am super – I've got him in every draft that I've done so far because I just can't yeah, I look past that. him. Yeah. And I remember last year I, I took him, I drafted him and I also drafted Larry Markinen and they both started to get hot at the same time. So I put the feelers out there like I do to see um, if I could get any nibbles, baited the hook. And um, I ended up getting rid of Keldon and, uh, and keeping Larry for a period of time. And obviously I was thankful for that because um, Keldon went one direction. Yeah, cheers went one direction um, and, and Larry went the other direction. So, but, you know, I, I read the um, I read the chatter on these Spurs sites and the Spurs social media and people are trying to say, I guess they're glossing, putting a gloss over Keldon Johnson saying, this is the next manner, you know, he's the punch off the bench. He's going to fill that role, you know, obviously with, um, yeah, I guess there's been a bit of, bit of media around um, the Spurs at the moment just with, um, Pop getting the Hall of Fame and the and uh, and Parker and you know there's a little bits on people's lips at the moment but yeah I don't know I, I I think I think just based on what we've heard him saying that he's happy to be the sixth man I think he already has been told that so he's kind of getting ahead of the uh, of the media there and you know putting a good gloss on it What do you reckon Yeah Yeah Hundred percent like when I look at the blokes that 
were taking. I've just opened up one of the mock drafts and I took him early in one because I thought that he was really good value. And then I watched later, like you have a look at some of the blokes that were taking in and around Keldon Johnson and tell me that you wouldn't prefer Keldon Johnson over these blokes. Brandon yeah, Miller, definitely. Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, um, Colin Sexton, Gordon Hayward, Herb Jones, um, Norman Powell, Tari Eason, Harrison Barnes, Cole Anthony, Chris Levert, mate, even Dylan Brooks. Like, tell me that this guy just doesn't have a little bit more upside than those players. And tell me that smart people wouldn't just be adding Keldon to their team late in draft. You're sitting there at 120, 130. He's still got upside. He's proven that he's a good basketball player. He's young. The Spurs are up and coming. Fucking tell me a bad thing about him. Yeah, I'd have a go at him too. Like he, you read out that name, uh, the list of names there, and he obviously stood out, didn't he? Like it was one of these things just ain't like the others, and that was him. Um, and, I mean, you know, when you're picking him, as you said, if you can get him a hard 120, that seems ridiculous. Like he doesn't work out. You, you spin a story to someone else in your league and you, and you ship him off, you know, like we know he had highs and lows last season and he, he's not terribly damaging in any category. Obviously the, the free throws are a bit of a, a, a bit of a worry at 75%, you know, 2.1 threes per game. And I mean, probably at the halfway point of the season um, that would have been higher, but it obviously took a dip as the season went on and yeah, 22 points per game. I don't know if anyone else in that list that you just read out there gets anywhere close to that. Maybe Haywood, but he's often in the repair shop. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, I'd rather take a punt on someone like Keldon, who has proven that he can be healthy, rather than Gordon Hayward, who I took in a lot of leagues last year, punting. But I think that you can get that upside, just like having a gamble on a Keldon over having a gamble on Gordon Hayward, and they could find themselves in the same role. Just one of them's ten years younger. Um, yeah. I, I do just have to shout out Ryan Hammond from Astute Newstead. Um, Ryan has been mate, an elite contributor. Come on in the last week. Um, look, he does all, the, all finance, insurance, and some financial advising. Look, if you get in touch with him, he can go through over 40 different lenders and just – save you all the work. Like I know when I was looking for my home loan, I just didn't have the time to go through, you know, to start calling all the big banks and everything. Ryan found me the best interest rate and still holds in market leading, um, even through all these rises that I've been putting through. So if you want to get in touch with Ryan, send him an email, look up Astute Newstead um, or contact him on 0431 766784 and let him know that the Insight Boys sent you. Hey, money, money. Money, money, money. And looking at the Spurs, um, some of these guys that we brought in, we didn't chat. So do we see Cameron, and and I know that you've got the list in front of you. So they've lost blokes like Isaiah Roby and they've lost blokes like, I suppose, your Keita Beats Diop. Um, how many minutes, realistically, do you see some of these ins playing? Um, run me through, um, and and I'll let you know if I think you're, you're right or wrong. I guess the, the first conversation we have is, are they even going to be here? You know, like there's this, this roster still stacked. There's probably um, every chance that they're going to be moved on. Like, do you... 
do you see Chatty Osman being run out there in a Spurs uniform? Like, I don't think I do. But, yeah, I mean, it's I think I might, Bullock, like I think I might, but I think that he might only be a 14, 15 per minute guy. And if you need that sort of guy to stand in the corner and knock some threes, when you've got blokes like Jeremy Sohan, he's not that bloke. Like, maybe... Chetty is a good fit in a reduced role now. Um, and Reggie Bullock, I suppose maybe he's a bit of a locker room presence and can maybe play that that 18 minutes per night and play a bit of a role for Vassell and Keldon. Um, what yeah, what about yeah, I agree. I think I think Reggie Bullock might be a locker room presence. Like he he's getting pretty close to the oldest guy on the team here. Um, and he's been around a little bit too. So yeah, maybe that's close to the role. But, yeah, I reckon you're right. Maybe 12, 12 and a half minutes. It's nothing that's going to be fantasy relevant. Like, I mean, if he can do what he's done in the past, you keep an eye on him. If there's weeks where you're getting to that last game, second last game of your round, um, you've got a couple of waivers pick, picks left and you, you're close to getting that three-point category, you pick someone like him up. I mean, that's the only conversation we're really going to have about him in a, in a fantasy um, space this year, in my mind. It's it's a bit boring outside of Wemby, is there, isn't there? Like, realistically, he's the big guy that they brought in. They had the, yeah. I suppose, the, the guys that are setting the platform. I don't know. I think Trey Jones could turn into, like, obviously not a franchise player, but maybe a good complimentary piece if you Devin Vassells and you and you Keldon Johnsons and you and you Sohan becomes also that sort of complimentary piece. I think like if you've got if Wemby is the superstar that we think that they are, I think that they're gonna need, you know, some really safe hands in Trey Jones passing it around, some really hard yeah. workers. Like Jeremy Sohan, tell me that if in five years, if the Spurs don't like maybe they end up getting another fantastic draft pick and people start to want to play for them. Like, could we see Jeremy Sohan play a Draymond Green role? Yeah, possibly so. And, you know, they are, they're a smaller market team. Um, obviously, they've had a lot of success in the past. I've got here that they're the most winningest team in, um, in USA sports history. So that's kind of impressive. Uh, over the last two decades, it is. Um, I, I think, you know, it goes back to the point that we made too that... that a lot of a lot of eyes just aren't going to be on the Spurs this year. They were twenty two and sixty last year. That's tied for the second worst record in the league with my other uh, my other favorite team, the Rockets. So um, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a lot of joy for me this year. It doesn't seem like, but yeah, you know, like if they they're going to start building with what, with what they've got, I agree that Trey he's probably the safest bet on this list, isn't he? Like, if you don't like taking risks or gambles, or you've already feel like you've taken too many risks and gambles, and you're getting up to that hundredth pick. Maybe that's your safest houses pick where you go, all right, I know what he's going to do because he did exactly what he was supposed to do last season. Um, yeah, I think no people are going to sleep on Sohan and that's why we've got him as the um, as the guy that we think might have a breakout. Keldon, who really knows? <laughs> Maybe you can be the next Manu. Wemby, obviously, that's why everyone's tuning in for. Like he's, he's a, a, a potentially a generational talent. Um and no matter what kind of hate um, T-Max putting on him, but yeah. At what at what point, like, so we've both said that we don't think that we will own Wemby in drafts. No. If it's if we're playing with 12 players that are exactly the same at you as as you and I, at what point would you take Wembenyama? Where, what pick? Where is he draft, on your big it? board? 
That'd be a, that'd yep. be very interesting if uh, if you if you and I had another team full of you and I's because we'd all be sitting there thinking, nah, someone someone's going to take him, and we'd get up to 120 and be left there, and be, someone would pick him up from the waivers. It'd be the longest but, draft. Yeah, ever. I don't know where do, where do you have him at the moment? Maybe you know, I, I think I I had him in front of Chet, and then I put him back behind Chet again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I think I saw in the draft, the mock draft that you did today, which looked like it had some competitive names in it. He was taken at 20th, wasn't he? He was taken at 26th today. I just think in and around that 44, I've sort of got him, and I'd be comfortable taking 44 to 50. And some of the names that I can compare against is, yes, I'd rather take him over like a Paolo Bancaro. He's somebody that I'm targeting in and around that 55, 60 range. But like Chet, doesn't he just have exactly the same opportunity as Victor, but maybe he's a little bit older and maybe like I think Josh Giddy's better than Trey Jones. And I'm really, I could be the most high on Trey Jones out of all the people you talk about. Um, Like, don't you think some of these OKC blokes, like they're just going to be playing a better quality basketball than the San Antonio Spurs. And then you would just rather take a Chet. People are taking Victor over Chet, which I think is a mistake. Yeah, I I agree. I think 50 is pretty fair. I think that's a nice round number. If you keep him in that, um, you know, you keep 50 in your mind and, if you've got your finger um, hovering over the uh, over the the pickup button when he's in the thirties, you might might help you to rethink and and think you're going a little bit too soon. But yeah, I, yeah, fifty sounds good to me. And you so, know, it, again, it, it depends on your build. If if you're not if you're um, if you're punting blocks, you know, that's the value of this man at the, at the moment. These these young um, bigs who are coming in. You wouldn't take him or Chet if you were punting blocks. You just go their names just go straight out the window, you know. Hundred percent. And with those big names, I think people will take them over where I have them drafted. So again, I'll let them take them. Let some other guys that I'm super high on slide and just get some value there. Um, I suppose the last thing I want to cover, and I didn't talk to you about this, is so the San Antonio Spurs, uh, they will bang on tie with the Rockets last year. I know you're a massive James Harden fan back in the day, so you are a bit of a Rockets fan, but I won't hold that against you. The San Antonio Spurs were the 15th best team in the West last year. They were the last, hence why they have Victor Wembanyama. Do you think adding Victor Wembanyama changes them from the spot of the worst team in the Western conference, or can we see them getting a number, another, a number, another really high number in the draft next year um, to just further solidify and move forward? What, what do you see happening to the Spurs next year? Yeah, I, I don't see them changing much from where they were last year. Um, Maybe a couple more wins. I mean, you compare them to what the youngest team in the league, like you were before with OKC, I mean the 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 imminent future just looks way more exciting for a team like that. Um, yeah, I mean they've got yeah arguably the best coach in NBA history behind them at the moment. So there's going to be a lot of growth this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I'm, I wouldn't move too much off that because I, I think of all the other teams in the league, and you know, obviously teams. In order for teams to to improve and 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 kind of climb the ladder, teams have to fall in behind them. And I just can't think of a lot of teams, you know, are they better than the Rockets? Like, 
other, you know, we're, when we're talking about tying for the wooden spoon, are they are they a better team this year than the Rockets? Like, can we just even even like have a conversation about that? The only ones that I sort of see there is maybe if the Timberwolves give up and get rid of your Carl Anthony Towns and start a little bit of a fire sale. If Utah Jazz sort of, I suppose, lean into the tank, but I suppose they went and got John Collins, and I think that they're looking to make some strides forward. Um, maybe if Portland trade Dame, they they could be worse, probably by design. But realistically, I see him 13th, 14th. Maybe they get an extra four or five wins. Honestly, maybe they shut down Wemby if Wemby is as good as we think that they are. Maybe they shut down Wemby towards the end of the year and just tell him on the slide. It probably won't even be on the slide. It'll probably be publicized. Hey, mate, sit down. We'll get you another teammate. Let's build this dynasty. Well, they were shamelessly, you know, um, tanking last year, weren't they? Like, <laughs> everybody who was watching was like, okay, they're just doing that, are they? Like, they're really right into this um, the Wemby lottery. And I don't know, it, it paid off, didn't it? They got their boy. And I, I agree. I think, you know, he's just slim. And I think they're going to worry about him getting injured. Like, he looks like he could snap like a twig. So I think that they're obviously not making a playoffs run or anything this year that's just too far out of the, far out of the scope of realism so i agree uh, can you justify taking a guy at 26 like you are in in mocks today that isn't going to play a full season i don't think like, he's, he's a, the inside fantasy podcast are going to do that <laughs> no that's silly business but Again, we hope they do because if they take him at 26, that's not something that we have to start worrying about at 46, you know. Take, yep. him, at, take him at 26. 100%. I suppose that wraps us up. Uh, thank you for listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports. You can find me on Twitter at SC underscore Matrix or at MBA underscore Matrix. Um, I know Mally's going to get a bit more involved in the podcast. This is your first podcast. How's it? How's it feel to yeah. uh, to pop the cherry? You my pop friend? my cherry, mate. Yeah, I knew you've been <laughs> waiting for that for a long time. So there you go. And I want to leave you with one last thought because I, I I knew you'd be interested in this one. Everyone's Please talking do. at the moment about the twenty five game suspension for Jar. How about the two game suspension for Devontae Graham for his uh, impaired driving? You know, why isn't the conversation going that way? Because Devontae Graham isn't good at basketball. And I will leave you at that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, all right. We'll, can we'll can we find, can we find you then. on Twitter, my friend? Or X? Uh, you can't yet, but I'll get, I'll organize myself for that, shall I? <laughs> Fuck, you're a Gumby. <laughs> Cheerio. Yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out. Thanks. I can barely get onto this. Thanks, matey. Thanks Bye. for listening, guys.